Hey everybody, this is Mike from You'll Probably Agree. Today, my guest is Ophelia Harutuyanan, uh, one of the co-directors and producers of Totally Under Control, a documentary about Donald Trump's mishandling of the coronavirus pandemic. But most import- more importantly, I should say, she is one of the producers of the movie that we talk about, uh, Crazy Not Insane, a documentary about Dr. Dorothy Lewis, a criminal psychologist who studied some of the most famous serial killers in America, and it provides a rather shocking, empathetic look at them and a mirror to ourselves regarding how we deal with criminality, how we punish those who are mentally ill, and even makes us question whether these men are truly evil or not. Um, So, Ms. Harutuyanan has just been doing an amazing job this year with uh, Alex Gibney, who has directed both of the movies I have mentioned, and she was amazing to take on this uh, interview, uh, sort of, I guess, at the last minute, and I just want to thank her so much for coming on and doing this. As always, I want to thank my sponsor, Galway Bay, located at 500 West Diversity Parkway in Chicago, Illinois. I guess the address doesn't matter right now since you can't go into a bar in Chicago unless you want to get coronavirus. But having said that, you can go on dualdrinkware.com where you can buy a bunch of their merchandise, whether it's coasters, mugs, glasses, etc. I have a bunch of them myself. They're fantastic. Please support them because every small business, every bar needs all the help that they can get. And Galway has been around for a very long time. They've been incredible in supporting my show. And try to support them any way you can. Okay, having said that, let's start the episode. I have now seen 22 serial killers. It's fascinated me. I think any one of us, myself included, could kill. Don't you ever wonder why you don't murder? Hey, everybody, and welcome to You'll Probably Agree. Today, I have the producer of the film Crazy Not Insane, and also one of the co-directors and producers of Totally Under Control, Ophelia Harutunyanan. Uh, I hope I got that correct. That's like the third time I asked her, like, when I was <laughs> off the air. But... Uh, I have to say, I, I thank you so much, one, for taking your time. And like literally right before we were rolling, you're like, oh, so you saw both films. Are you depressed yet? And I was like, <laughs> one of the questions literally I had on there was like, while you were making both of these films, was there a point where you just mentally couldn't take it anymore? Because it's like, oh, I have great subjects, serial killers and uh, a pandemic. We uh- <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Um, yeah, I, I I always credit my dog in the end for special things uh, because she gives me support, um, mental support. But um, yeah, both very very different films, but dark subjects. Um, luckily for me, they didn't overlap. Um, I finished Crazy Not Insane in February, and then I had a little bit of a break, and I thought I was going to have a longer break, and then COVID happened, um, and then we started working on Totally Under Control in May. Um, in a way, working on totally, totally Under Control was kind of 
helpful. Maybe it was a deception just to try to understand what I was personally living through. So it was just a way to kind of uh, help, um, you know, answer some questions that we all had. So in that way, I looked at it as, as a therapeutic, hmm. <laughs> but um, I wouldn't call it crazy, not insane therapeutic, but it definitely was insightful. <laughs> um, it definitely, I definitely learned a lot about, you know, these topics that I, I feel like I was educated by Dorothy a lot about um, subjects that I just didn't even, you know, really know anything about. So that was, that was really great. Yeah. And to uh, give the audience a little context of why I'm asking if it's depressing or not outside of the serial killer pandemic thing, uh, cra- <laughs> crazy, not insane. Uh, that's a movie about Dr. Dorothy Lewis, who has been a uh, sort of criminal psychologist for years. She studied most of the uh, notorious serial killers that we know of, uh, most notably uh, Ted Bundy, um, and totally not, uh, uh, totally under control. I almost said totally not insane. I don't know why. <laughs> uh, but totally under control uh, is about basically Trump's mishandling of the coronavirus pandemic, which I, I have to admit, I was petrified to watch it for months. But now that, you know, we're uh, going to probably forcibly remove Trump from office once he's finished with his beheadings. Uh, mm-hmm. Will uh, <laughs> there, there, there was like a little bit of hope where it's like, oh, okay, like something good will finally hopefully happen. So I was able to finally get the the uh, psychological muster to watch that movie. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, on that, uh, but but uh, reverting to uh, totally. crazy not insane uh (laughs) i'm starting i'm starting to stammer a bit maybe because i was talking about king's speech yesterday um i i loved i i'm i gotta be honest i wrote this in my review for the film i'm not like a big murder sort of you know true crime kind of guy but i loved this movie i honestly did it's uh uh, because it, it was a movie that actually examines these guys in a very taboo way where you actually get to empathize with them and you get to understand that oh they're not monsters they're people who are placed in particular situations in life Mm -hmm. that transformed them into that and it really dove into america's sort of lack of empathy and mm-hmm. w- w- what are your thoughts sort of on my random stream of conscious here relating to <laughs> why do you think it is that America doesn't care enough about mental health or they can actually treat someone instead of, you know, always wanting to punish them? Yeah, I mean, it, it is a, it is an interesting question. I don't I don't really know if I can give you a really good answer to that. It is a fascinating thing to ask ourselves, you know, why is mental health so taboo? Why is um, why, why do we still have the death penalty? Uh, but also, why do we still execute mentally ill people? I mean, the bar is so low to prove um, that the person 
um, was sane at the time of committing the crime um, and understood, you know, what they were doing. The bar is extremely low, you know, legally. Um, and so a lot of people who didn't really have control over their actions, and, you know, of course, we're not diminishing the crime and we're not, you know, we should never um, forget what they did um, and they should be punished, but should the punishment be the death penalty, um, you know, that's the question. I mean, should they go to prison where they will not get help or should they go to a mental institution? Um, I think these are genuinely, I, I, am, I, I am also, you know, I, I also wonder why does America treat their uh, mentally ill like this? Because um, for me, what's really upsetting is that once a person commits a crime um, and they're sent to prison, in a way, they kind of, I have a feeling that the, the society and the government, they just give up on them. Um, whereas we, we, we should really work on um, rehabilitation and bringing people back to society, um, you know, because these are human beings. Um, and so I think, I really hope that the film can raise these questions and it can start discussions. Um, you know, I can't believe that in 2020, we're still discussing whether it's okay to execute people yeah. But it is it is the conversation because it's real. I mean, so many states still have have the death penalty in the states, even though most of the developed world has um, gotten rid of it, you know, decades ago. But um, I, re I really do hope that the film can start the conversation about this. Yeah, absolutely. Because one thing the movie sort of examined, and it, it examined it through both sides of the aisle, is that the United States just seems to be obsessed with this image of the strong man. You know, a lot mm -hmm. of times they sentence these guys to death because you, they wanted to score political points. There was one individual in the film uh, where basically he was sending one person to the, uh, the the electric chair or lethal injection, whichever it was, because mm -hmm. he, I believe he was running for district attorney and he basically wanted to be like, I'm tough on crime and I'm mm -hmm. going to, you know, put these bad guys down. Uh, why do you think we're so obsessed with that kind of image? Yeah, I think, um, you know, if you if you look at the current administration, I think I think being macho, being tough on crime, that is um, something that um, somehow appeals to certain certain voter groups, um, and so they we think that's the best way, way to go. Maybe that's that that's the justification. I'm not sure, um, but it is it is interesting how you can politicize everything. Um, how you can politicize a person's uh, life and say, you know, I'm going to show that I'm tough on crime because I'm running for office and that's what people want to vote for. Um, but I mean, in the film, we talk about how like Dick Burr, the amazing defense attorney that's in the film, he talks about how in the states where um, the death penalty exists, the number of, um, you know, the uh, deaths, like the crime is, the crime is higher. Um, so it, they are related. I mean, because you are in a way putting it in people's minds that it's okay to kill, um, which, which is interesting. It's a fascinating psychological thing that um, you would think that if the if death penalty exists, people maybe uh, <laughs> wouldn't kill, but that's just not how it works. Um, at, at, a, at a time of committing a crime, a person is not thinking, maybe I shouldn't kill because 
the death penalty. It's like, that's just not the rationale behind it. So we need to find the root of, we need to just be better at how to, you know, prevent this behavior without being like, if you commit a crime, you will, you know, be killed by the state. You know, I don't think that's the best way to, you know, deter people from killing. Yeah, and, and the thing I, I got from uh, Alex Gidney's film, or Mr. Gidney, Alex, whichever way you said, um, <laughs> is that, uh, uh, like, there, there's, the death penalty just kind of encourages them to kill more mm -hmm. because there's a finality to it. It's like, well, if I'm going to kill someone, then I'll be killed, you know, shortly after that. And, you know, the, I'll, I'll go out in a, in a blaze. People will remember me. I don't know how they do it. But, of course, it's more like split personality disorder. But it, it, it's more of a thing that, that kind of encourages, I think, the killing rather than, you know, the, than uh, stopping it from happening. It's more psychological. It just makes it, yeah. um, it just makes killing normal. Like, yeah. it normalizes killing. Um, you know, it's really disturbing to see the archival of people by the, uh, you know, prisons kind of rooting for during the, you know, examination, just cheering and waiting for the signal that the person has been examined. Um, sorry, um, um, what, what word did I just use? Uh, uh, has been executed. I didn't want to correct you. I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but yeah. The during the execution, you know, they're cheering and waiting for the signal that the person has been executed. Um, that kind of creates a society that looks at killing as kind of normal. So then that's when the issue really, it, that's where the issue is. Yeah, I, like the craziest guy in that movie was the guy who actually was doing the executions himself. And he, he even mm -hmm. like joked about how like his grandkid uh, would uh, joke with him like, oh, granddad's going to zap someone. I'm just like, yeah, man. But when I saw these subjects on tape, though, like there were so many of them I felt horrible for where you never mm -hmm. think you would. I can't remember. I'm horrible with names, uh, which is a little confession of mine. Uh, <laughs> but there is this one individual where I just want to reach across the screen and hug him. And I think it was yeah. Dorothy's favorite subject in the movie. And it was, uh, was oh, it Johnny ahead. Frank Garrett, who was a 17 year old at the, who killed a nun or was it David Wilson? I think so. Yeah. He was, he yeah. was, uh, he, he was like a thinner guy. <laughs> yeah, I feel like a grandfather. Like, you know, the guy in the movie, you know, but yeah. Right. But, Probably yeah. Johnny Garrett. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the thing is, it is a tricky territory, right? We're asking you to empathize with a killer, um, but uh, without forgetting that they did take away someone else's life. But we're, what we're asking you to do um, is to understand why that happened. You know, try to try to go to the root of, of the crime, um, understand why it happened and, and, and maybe, you know, as a society, are, are, is there anything we can do to prevent that behavior so that, um, you know, maybe we can live in a society one day that doesn't have serial killers, you know, that would be yeah, nice. Absolutely. Was there someone who you particularly empathized with the most in the movie? <clears throat> well, I mean, I definitely felt really bad for Johnny Frank Garrett. He was 17 at the time of the crime. Yeah. He, um, he killed a nun and he didn't even, um, I mean, his tapes were very hard to watch, but he mm. had a terrible childhood. He clearly had mental issues. I mean, the, um, uh, if, you, if you look him up, the Amnesty International was really trying hard to 
to spare his life. He was also very unlucky because years later, the Supreme Court decided that um, it is uh, unconstitutional to execute people who were underage at the, at the time of committing the crime. So Johnny would actually fall under that um, decision, but he yeah. uh, was executed um, years before that decision was made. And so um, he just, uh, he was such, a, such an unfortunate case. Um, and yeah, uh, I mean, and there were other patients of Dorothy's that I, I watched the tapes that maybe didn't make the film, but um, yeah. she had a she had a patient who hadn't committed a crime, but he had thought about uh, uh, committing it, and that's why he wanted to see her because he was fighting very hard um, inside not to hurt and hurt anyone uh, because he had a, a very very um, violent um, alter. Um, and it was it was extremely hard for me to watch the tape because he was abused as a he was sexually abused as a kid by his uncle and yeah. it was just uh, and he was retelling the story and it was just heartbreaking. I mean, it was just very hard for me. I can't imagine what it must be like to be him, but for me to watch that was extremely hard. And then of course you empathize with these people um, and you re really realize how important the childhood experiences are. And I, I really hope that, <clears throat> you know, if, if, one, if, if people can take away one thing from the film is that it really just um, kind of give more importance to how we raise with our children yeah. who we trust to be around them and just how important it is the early years you know the development years of a, of a, of a child yeah absolutely i one one thing that really stood out with me with dr lewis is she, she you would never imagine her as being someone as a criminal psychologist because she seems so sweet she's like everyone's <laughs> mom in it. Right. and but that really works to her favor because she she actually cares about these subjects she doesn't judge them mm -hmm. and uh the great takeaway from this movie is, is that we, we kind of just have to be better people in general and that's why i really like this film because it wasn't your typical true crime where you have the black and white photo of the killer where they do a white flash to him with the dutch mm -hmm. angle and the and the camera sideways slowly <laughs> zooming in on a menacing picture of them it's 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 more like well could we kill i mean i mean given the circumstance i mean dorothy herself i'm saying her first name like i know her but like you know <laughs> Dor dorothy herself like she, she said like you know i mean i could kill given the circumstances i think anybody could I, mm -hmm. do, you, do you do you agree with that sort of analysis? Well, I think when she says I could become a killer, she means yeah. you know if uh, her life circumstances were different. Exactly. You know, yeah, she, I don't mean like meaning, oh, and, I had a bad right. day, I'm going to kill someone. You know. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So um, I don't think yeah she was saying that she can kill right now, but she definitely yeah. that it is a fascinating question to ask. Uh, she when she was a kid, she wondered why doesn't she kill? I mean, it's such a what an insightful child she was. I mean, it's fascinating the things that she was thinking about. But um, she was asking the question when I get. So angry why do i not kill um and she later spent years trying to answer that um question and 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 she her conclusion is that because of the circumstances of you know like she her theory is that um early on childhood abuse with uh, some kind of a brain damage with some psychosis can make a very um dangerous person so when you have those three components together um not separately because not obviously people who have been abused as children um they're not going um, they're not going to go and kill or or people who have uh, just uh, brain damage but it's it's the combination of of three of them yeah 
yeah. that can make a different a, a, a very dangerous person and so I think that's what she means by that we could be killers too it's just we were lucky in a way that we mm-hmm. um, didn't develop all these three components yeah exactly it's more like you know, it's a bit like when people don't understand someone who comes from a, a poor background and they they like to label them as criminals or you know gangsters mm-hmm. or something like that it's like well when you're in a when you're in a situation where there seems to be no hope for you and you're psychologically tormented as a kid mm-hmm. <laughs> of course some some screws are going to come loose and you know it, it's really just about and you're never and you're never going to have a chance yes you're never yeah. going to have a chance yeah I mean, there are so many tapes that tapes that I watched of subjects, and and I I just heart, well, I was heartbroken, and I said this person never had a chance. Yeah, and that's like, that's really upsetting. Oh man, how many how many tapes? Like how many hours of footage you have to go through? Because it seems like it was a lot, a lot yeah. like a few thousand, yeah. maybe. Who knows? Yeah, she she has a a basement full of uh, archive of documents and tapes, and so I spent days in that basement, and and um she just she has a lot I mean some of them obviously didn't survive um there were some floods that you know the tapes were damaged but whatever we could salvage um there's some really interesting ones it's like my dad's uh video store uh he has like a bunch of tapes in the basement except you know it's filled like Disney movies not serial (laughs) killer (laughs) confessions uh but yeah Uh, you're a lucky kid yeah yeah (laughs) It's like, hey, do you want to watch it? Yeah, she she did show those like tapes like to her kids. I remember, or, or like of yes. like serial killers. They're like, what's wrong with you, mom? But then like <laughs> as they got older, they kind of understood. It was sort of like because my dad wasn't into movies, but he he like, but I like got into movies, you know. So mm-hmm. it was weird, but no, it's a uh, it's it's actually just amazing just how how much she really cared about her subjects you know like she mm-hmm. she never told like, like when she runs into the uh ted bundy tape she's like oh number 126 uh <laughs> i labeled it this way so nobody would know that you know, that it was yeah. ted bundy yeah. yeah she was very discreet when it came to stuff like that yeah but yeah uh certainly i don't want to take up uh too much of your time i know you have a lot going on and uh uh, I want to thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, uh, thanks for having me. Yeah. Uh, so, um, Ophelia, uh, I'll give you the honor of enunciating your last name for us so we don't want to <laughs> screw it up. Is uh, Harutunyan. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. She's... Uh, you you've been crushing it this year alex give me i just got another uh i just got another uh, dvd in the mail yesterday for one of his movies so i gotta check that out uh (laughs) but no uh check out crazy not insane coming on hbo i believe is it today yeah yeah i I mean it it premiered yesterday on hbo and then it's on hbo max uh today so um you guys should check it out yeah so guys what are you waiting for it's it's not tv it's hbo they still say that all right i don't know but yeah no go check out crazy not insane and if you got hulu check out check out totally under control um and uh you know so if you want to have a very fun uh quarantine night and uh, (laughs) do a double feature Yes, do a double feature. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, thanks so much again for coming on. Thank you. And uh, yeah, you you have a you have a wonderful time. Thanks a lot, you too. Hey, hey, bye. bye.
when you couple some kind of brain dysfunction with a history of horrible early ongoing abuse, the social, the psychological, the biological forces that came together, you get a super dangerous person.